Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to The Art of Charm. I'm your host, Jordan Harbinger, and I'm here with producer Jason DeFilippo. Here at The Art of Charm, we may not have all the answers, but we certainly have some of the questions. And today on Fan Mall Friday, those questions come from you. All right, let's cut to it. Hey, Jordan. So I've been digging pretty deep into the podcast. And first, just let me say thank you. I've been struggling to come out of a deep depression and was having a hard time getting out of self-defeating habits. In the last month, I started listening to TED Talks and a few other things on YouTube. But now that I've found AOC, I'm focusing completely on your material. I've been listening to AOC for about two weeks, and I'm already seeing great results. I smile more, talk to more people, and can see improvements in my thought, self-care, and productivity. I feel better about myself and life in general. I'm more optimistic and positive. Lately, I've been listening to maybe four to six podcasts a day. It's like a meditation for me, or therapy for a self-defeating thought life. I've taken notes on a few more episodes and have been working a lot on my introduction. Immersion life! I'm so grateful for what you do at The Art of Charm. Everybody should have this knowledge. So my question is about eye contact. I always trip up under how much eye contact is good. I think about it a lot, and the result is that I just can't feel natural. So how do I practice in everyday situations, like passing someone on the street or the person at a register, and how is it different from a woman I'm interested in? I heard a while back that if you hold a woman's eye contact for longer, that she will be more attracted to you, but I'm not sure exactly how much is right. Sincerely, Dave. Hey, Dave. Actually, AJ teaches this at boot camp along with a few other things. So here's a little bit of a brief overview of some of those. So make eye contact when you are speaking and then you're allowed. And I put that in little air quotes. You're allowed to break the gaze when listening. You shouldn't not look at someone ever when they're talking to you, of course, but you can break the gaze when listening. And you can also go back to meet their eyes a bit, but not hold it that way. That way there's a a non-creepy level of eye contact. It's really sort of impossible for me to fine tune this any other way, not seeing you and not having you in front of me, which is why we do this in in our boot camps. Another way you can do this and drill this is if you're not yet talking, if you're not in a conversation yet, make sure you've got just enough eye contact to notice their eye color. Then you can look away once you do. That is, again, in, in air quotes here, that is just enough eye contact not to be too intense, right? You you look up and you look at them, you smile, all right, green, and then you can go about your business. Anything longer than that might be a little bit too intense. Don't overthink it. And anything less than that is kind of darting away and avoiding their gaze. But don't overthink this one. It's really, really easy to overthink it. I used to be really bad at eye contact. I mean, just terrible. And my friends always asked me what my deal was. The eye color thing was a game changer for me back in middle school and high school, which is actually when I thought of this. Um, so I I highly recommend doing this. It doesn't matter what age you are. This is a very useful drill for noting people's eye color, of course, not that that matters, but also getting exactly the right amount of eye contact. All right, next up. Hi, Jordan. Listening to a fan mail episode, one of the questions caught my attention. A listener asked if ignorance is bliss. You thoughtfully answered that being able to read body language would be helpful for a lot of people, though you turn it up to 11 based on your personality, and that might not be the way for everyone. For some time now, I've been on a quest to find myself and become the most authentic me I can be. For me, this meant using ignorance as bliss on worldly things like sports and politics. 
I would think of it in a way of not using time, energy, and brain space for the things that don't further my quest. In the next weeks, I'm embarking on a journey, hiking along the Pacific Crest from Canada to Mexico. The closer I get to that date, the more I notice all of the feelings of losing my friends. Four years ago, I came to the U.S. by myself, not feeling that way when I left my family and friends behind. But now I think I should try to spend more of the time I have left with my friends talking about sports, tech, and all the things that might interest them. Should I start following the news so I have things to talk about that are interesting to them? How do I show that I care? And how can I deal with those feelings without feeling bad or making others around me feel bad? Searching and learning always, Thomas. Hey, Thomas. A lot of people talk about topics in general, the specific ones, especially sports and small talky stuff, because of boredom or because of default, essentially some kind of default or a lack of any other topic on the table. So if I were you and I wanted to spend quality time with friends before going on a really long trip or moving, I would plan some activities. Activities are much more meaningful. And this goes for people who have any sort of relationship where the topics seem to be a little bit lame in conversation. Activities are much more meaningful. People remember experiences far more than they remember items or material goods or simple conversations, especially about current events or sports. And these things, these memories that we get from activities and events, they also make us happier, which is why the prevailing wisdom is to spend money, disposable income, on experiences rather than tangible things. In other words, choose a trip with your family rather than buying a bigger TV and a marginally faster laptop or a new gadget or a new phone. And good luck on the hike, man. Make sure to get a good data plan so you can keep up with the show. Another little note that I got here from a lot of you, a lot of people suggested the StoryCorps app, StoryCorps is how that is spelled, to get stories from friends and loved ones when we're talking about interviewing people who are going to die soon or older people. The StoryCorps app has prompts, etc., things like that, to help you get great stories out of people, even if you're not really sure how this would run. And we'll link to that app in the show notes. It's a very cool way for somebody who isn't a professional host or storyteller to do quality story-based conversation with someone they know to record and later on use down the line. So try this with your grandparents, try it with your parents, try it with your brothers and sisters. No matter what age you are, really, I think you can get some fun stuff out of this and let me know how it goes. And of course, again, that will be linked in the show notes. All right, next up, Jason. Hello, AOC crew. I've been listening to AOC for a couple months now and love it. Thanks to you, your team, and your guests for providing a genuine service to the people. I was hoping to gain a little advice from you if you find the time. I'm 23 years old and starting to feel more stressed and worried than I'd like to be. I pride myself on being a positive person, but I'm struggling with my current career path. I've recently become a life insurance salesman for an IMO, but things are starting very slowly. I've made a few sales and that's nice. But money is starting to get glaringly low from buying leads, constantly traveling, and other mundane business expenses since this is a 100% commission-based job. I'm having trouble closing sales, and I think it might be because I'm too nice. I don't say that to stroke my own ego. I just believe it to be true, and that's the feedback I've been getting from others involved in the company. I genuinely believe life insurance is good to have, so not believing in the product is not really the issue. I just don't find joy in pressuring people into decisions. I'm currently five classes away from getting my bachelor's degree in business admin with a focus in HR. The goal was to make enough money to not have to take out any more loans, but I'm hardly making enough money just to pay the bills right now. I'm just not sure that selling life insurance is what I want to do. The issue seems to be that I just generally am still unsure of what I want to do with my life. The only thing I know for sure is that I like making people happy. That sounds cheesy, and of course everyone likes to make other people feel happy, but I feel like I get a sort of high from it. Maybe I'm just missing the big picture of what I really would enjoy doing as a career. 
Overall, I'm not worried about being unsuccessful. I've always had a work-oriented attitude and have made quick strides in other jobs I've held due to my work ethic and attitude. I fancy myself a people person and mostly get along with everyone. I've also been known to get a few laughs with what has been described as my silver tongue and smart assness. This email is all over the place, but it nutshells the place I find myself in. Any advice or tips you might have would be great. Thanks again to AOC for all that you guys and gals do. Cheers, a little lost. All right, so this, a little lost, is why sales isn't really for everyone. I I know that anyone can learn any skill. It's a question, though, of whether or not this is going to be worthwhile for you down the line. There are people who are really good at sales. In fact, when organizations hire salespeople, they often don't really care about training that much. Yes, there's sales training, but usually that's how to use this system and how to do that and a little bit of persuasion, a little bit of influence. But they're really trying to screen for salespeople because to train a salesperson from I can't do this, I don't know how this works, I don't like this, to being a good salesperson can take years and years and years. So they're really trying to screen in for that special breed. They, A lot of organizations think salespeople are born. I don't believe that. I just think that they learn that skill set at an earlier age, much like body language, nonverbal communication, charisma, persuasion, and influence, and the skills that we teach here on The Art of Charm. So you can learn it, but the juice might not be worth the squeeze. And sales always a very valuable skill set, but doesn't have to be something you do forever to pay the bills, especially if you don't like pressuring people into decisions like you just mentioned, even when that decision is good for them, like life insurance, for example. Your focus on HR, which you're studying, which you do like, I would assume, is in many ways the opposite of sales, not not in, in terms of the skill set, but in terms of the culture of the department. Sure, HR people everywhere right now are busy drawing parallels and warming up their email fingers to tell me how HR is in many ways like sales, but it sounds like your values are maybe not aligned with the organization or the product itself. Uh, also, doing well in sales is something that t- just takes a lot of work, especially if you're not a so-called natural like I mentioned before. So this could take years before you're really killing it, at which point you will move on to your actual job in your actual field. It took me personally years to get good at sales, and you can imagine I was already decent at reading people, being persuasive, and obviously I love selling AOC boot camps, live programs, AOC products, because it is legitimately life-changing. And I still had a tricky time with some of the mechanics and mindsets needed to call people all the time on the phone and make sure they kept their appointments, all that stuff. So if they aren't training and teaching you well and you don't enjoy it, just move on to another gig. Plenty of ways to earn money to avoid college debt, man. Sales is one of the hardest if you're not already so inclined to enjoy it. So that's my recommendation for you. Yeah, I did camera sales for a year. And as an introvert, a hardcore introvert, it was one of the hardest things I think I ever did. And it took me nine months to sell my first camera. So it can be taught, but it might just not be for you. Yeah, and it's look, I'm all about learning new skills and everything, but it sounds like what he's trying to do here is not challenge himself to learn a new skill set. He's trying to make more than minimum wage so he can pay off some student loans. And that's kind of like saying, well, I wanted to learn how to drive better, so now I'm joining NASCAR. It's like, (laughs) what? No. You you don't need to do that. You, You really don't. Or, you know, I wanted to learn how to cook healthier, so now I'm in culinary school. No, it's just way too much. It's way too much. And sales organizations and people that are good at sales will be like, oh, yeah, you can do this and you can earn this much. But it's just there's such a talent discrepancy in the beginning of a career like sales that it's just not worth it. Like I said, the juice isn't worth the squeeze in this case, because it's not like he's going into a sales field where he might need these skills, you know? Yeah, I love that analogy. It's perfect. 
Lennon and McCartney, Jagger and Richards, Watson and Crick, AJ and Johnny. What about the perfect duo when it comes to growing your business? Well, that's you and Shopify. That's right, Johnny. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling your own fire merch or promoting your productivity programs, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort Thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, as well as millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. And AJ, you don't have to just sell your stuff anymore. With Shopify Collective, you can curate products to sell from the brands that you love, giving your customers more variety and your business more sales. Shopify is your no-excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash charm. Go to shopify.com slash charm now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash charm. Johnny, we know if you listen to the show, you are driven. In fact, we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to recent Indeed survey. We have hired a lot of team members over the last 17 years. Going through endless resumes, well, that's a time sink. But you know what else is a time sink? Interviewing endless people, because they're all going to give you the best face forward. That's why we love Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash charm. Just go to Indeed.com slash charm right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash charm. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, next up. Jordan, this one feels like it will be a doozy, and I sincerely hope that you can at least provide some direction. I've been listening to the podcast since I graduated in December, and I'm a huge fan. 
I've listened to every episode and look forward to starting my morning with them every time a new one comes out. Here goes. I'm a 23-year-old male, and my life is already feeling like it's falling apart. I just graduated college in December, but I need to retake a class to actually earn my diploma, which I do not want to do, but have to because my parents will be extremely upset if I don't. After I graduated, I didn't want to work in my field, and there are not many great paying opportunities in said field of exercise science. I went to work at an Audi dealership as a salesman, and have found myself extremely successful there. Consistently number two or three in sales, even beating out seasoned salespeople. I recently got fed up with the management and made a bad snap decision to quit because of their favoritism and unfairness. I loved my coworkers but could not deal with the management games. I was lucky enough to have someone in my network that I created, thanks AOC, that works at a dealership not even a mile away from my house and started here on Monday. The very first day I got a bad vibe from the place like I don't belong and I'm not the type to be woo-woo-y, but I do trust my instincts and weigh them heavily in my decision making. I feel out of place and do not like this dealership. I have extreme anxiety here and even had a panic attack on my first day, which has never happened to me before. I'm usually Mr. Go-with-the-flow and cool-headed. At the same time, my long-term girlfriend graduated college last week and moved away, despite my almost year-long effort of trying to get her to stay here with me and live together or at least close to each other. She moved back in with her parent that is almost two hours away from me. Needless to say, that will put a lot of stress on the relationship, and she expects me to uproot my life that I've worked to build here in the Philly Burbs to move to her hometown where she wants to live. I even found her a job in her field, she's a teacher, so that she could stay here more easily. I love her very much, and I can see a future with her as she's the most caring, sweet, and downright gorgeous girl I've ever met. I don't want to lose her, but I don't know if her chosen life is the life I want to live as well. I feel like I'm at many different crossroads. Do I move up to her hometown and abandon my roommates, life I've built, job, and friends? Do I trust my gut and switch jobs before I get in too deep? I'm nervous that it will negatively affect my friend that got me that foot in the door here. Do I completely move away and start anew from scratch? I'm at a loss and looking for some direction to deal with this anxiety. The only thing I'm finding solace in at this point is distracting myself by either drinking or riding my motorcycle. Ah, never together. I'm just feeling very lost and adrift. I can't talk to my emotionally distant roommates. They're great guys, just not for this kind of stuff. Thank you for the awesome show and thanks in advance for any help. Warm regards, anxious and adrift. Hey, anxious and adrift. Look, let's skip the dealership thing for now. You can move on to another one of those if needed. That's a good thing about sales jobs, speaking of sales. If you're good, literally everyone needs you, and lots of places sell cars. Move on. That's right. That's the short end of it. Your friend might be a little pissed at first because he got you in the door. Talk to him about it and move on. More importantly, your girlfriend has already made her choice. That's what it looks like to me. If she wanted to take you into account, she would have. She's already chosen her family over you, not surprising, but she's already chosen that other place over you. So either she has unrealistic expectations of what she is entitled to for you to do, which is uproot your entire life, or she's dropping some not-so-subtle hints here and you're not picking them up. So in a way, you have already lost her. The good news is you're 23. So even if she's the best girl you ever had, like you said, you got a friggin' decade before you actually need to start making heavy decisions. So take that into consideration and realize most of what you think you feel right now are emotions that seem real because you're young and you're in love and you haven't had them before. So just that's real talk here. I know that sounds a little bit harsh, but that is absolutely the truth. Handle one crossroads at a time because all of these things you're mentioning really do intertwine, but don't get caught up in the minutia of each thing here. It sounds like you wanna trust your gut when it comes to your job, definitely do that, but you don't want to do the same thing when it comes to uprooting your entire life. 
So I see a little bit of a discrepancy here. So stay where you are, man. You clearly love where you are, aside from work, which can be fixed quite easily, in my opinion. And don't worry that you can't talk to your roommates about this. That's totally normal. Not being able to discuss emotionally heavy topics with a bunch of 23-year-old dudes is just par for the course. Doesn't mean they're not good friends. So I hope this gives you a little bit of clarity here. Let us know how it goes and stay in touch. All right, Jason, what's on deck? Hey, I want to send a shout out to the entire Art of Charm staff. The show is very motivational and I use many tools in different situations in life. I'm 25. I have a decent job compared to others, but I'm not happy. I go to work hating life every day. I have a felony on my record. I'm working on my general education degree. I would like to attempt college as well. Does it sound like a bad idea? I'm nervous to fail at life, but I also don't want to fail and be miserable for life as well. Any advice? It literally means the world. Thanks. Not a bad guy. Hey, not a bad guy. Absolutely. You should go to college if you want to, if you want to. The felony thing will be a little tricky, but the one thing you can really do to get out of that bucket and get another chance is to show a proven track record. Getting a degree, doesn't matter which school, but ideally something useful like a trade, trade school, that'll go a long way to showing future employers that you're getting everything back on track and you will have a useful skill that makes you employable. I'd wager that you should get your GED ASAP. Just get it out of the way. Do it right away. Don't procrastinate. It's just the first step. Then apply to trade schools or community college or wherever you want to go, especially if they have financial aid. Do not go to a for-profit college. Let me know if you don't know anyone who can help you take a look and see what you're aiming at. I don't want you to get scammed. I commend your ambition, though, my friend. Everyone deserves a second chance. You are way too young to give up on making a brighter future for yourself, brother. So let me know how this goes. You should definitely go to college. Don't let anybody talk you out of it. Go to trade school. You're 25. You have a felony. It is not the end of the world, especially if you can show that you're moving forward and you're on the up and up, man. I'm looking forward to hearing your success stories later on down the line. All right, Jason, moving right along. Hello, Jordan. I listened to FMF and was inspired to start reading books or listening to audiobooks. Do you have any recommendations on some books that I should start reading or books that you have read that you recommend? Thanks. Yes. Tons of people ask about this each week somehow. I guess we haven't said it enough. Theartofcharm.com slash books. It's full of recommendations from guests. It's full of the books from the guests that come on the show. Also, go to theartofcharm.com. Look at the blog. You'll see posts each month or so about what everyone in the company is reading outside of the books for the show. That ought to keep you busy. And Jordan, I actually just finished a really cool new book. It's called The Age of Absurdity, Why Modern Life Makes It So Hard to Be Happy by Michael Foley. It takes like the modern technology that we're surrounded with every day, but wraps it in uh, old philosophy. And it's funny as can be. It's a really good book to kind of give you some, uh, some guidance on how to not go down some of the technological rabbit holes and, and in a very funny way. I highly recommend this book. I just finished it this week and it, it made me laugh and it made me think. Nice. We will definitely link to that in the show notes as well. And uh, what I'm reading right now that didn't make it into the other stuff is Guests of the Ayatollah, which is essentially about the U.S. embassy takeover in Iran in 78. It's cr- This story is nuts. I don't want to spoil it, but holy cow, how the world has changed and how our response would be different now, I, I would hope. Hope you all enjoyed that. Don't forget, you can email us Friday at theartofcharm.com to get your questions answered on the air. I keep everyone anonymous. You can either make up your own funny name or we can do it. Um, You probably should do it. Just a little hint. If you hear a terrible one, it's probably because we created it. Uh, If it's feedback for us or the show, we're fans of strong opinions loosely held, of course. We'd love to argue like we're right. 
listen like we're wrong, so don't be shy to hit us up over here. And if you've got your own advice for some of the people you've heard from today, let me know. If it's something that can help everyone, I may read it on the show. A link to the show notes for this episode can be found at theartofcharm.com slash FMF120. And if you're listening to AOC in the Overcast player for iPhone, please click on that little star icon. It helps our listings and introduces new people to the show. Quick shout out to Shelly Lempert. She's my college roommate's sister. He went up, get this, Jason. My college roommate goes home. This is a guy I met in 98 or something, right? He goes home to visit his sister and she, he's talking about podcasts. And she's like, yeah, my favorite show is called The Art of Charm. And she's like, you know that dorky guy I lived with in 1998 in University of Michigan? That's him. So she had a little mind explosion there. Small world. Dorky brother's dorky college roommate. Unbelievable. I met her 20 years ago, probably when she walked in and went, you guys are gross, and then walked out of our dorm room, <laughs> which is full of dirt and dust and dirty dishes. Also, shout out to Josh Pollock, agent out of L.A. for a talent agency that I won't name because I'm not sure and I didn't ask permission. He also listens to AOC. Turns out we got some friends in common who grew up with us together over in Michigan. Small world, man. All over the place. Michigan represents. Are you in a strange land like Michigan listening to my familiar voice? If so, hit me up and I'll shout you out. I'd love to hear from you either way. I'm on Twitter at The Art of Charm. It's a great way to engage with the show. Jason, you're on Twitter too, yeah? Yep, I'm on Twitter at JPDef. That's J-P-D-E-F. And you can also catch my podcast, Grumpy Old Geeks, every Monday. We're in all the major podcast players. So go to GOG.show to find out more. Also, don't forget about The Art of Charm Challenge. You can text AOC to 38470. That's AOC to 38470. Or go to theartofcharm.com slash challenge. We're taking you step by step, becoming better at making personal and professional connections, becoming a better networker, increasing your personal social capital and your charisma. And it's for both guys and gals. So check that out. Text AOC to 38470 or go to theartofcharm.com slash challenge. More from AOC at theartofcharm.com, including info on our live residential boot camps that we run every single week here in L.A. If you really want to dig into this stuff and work on your AOC skills with us as your coaches, that's theartofcharm.com slash bootcamp. And now we accept cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, Litecoin, Ethereum. I hope you invested a few months ago because, damn, and you should treat yourself to a boot camp finally. You know you've been thinking about it. Stay charming, get out there and connect, and leave everyone better than you found them.